Before we begin today's episode, we have to give our patrons over our patrons over at Patreon a shout out. They are Aperba, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Zach Duran, Paul Campaneshi, Rock the Green, Hanson Screen Printing, and Lauren L. Thank you guys so much for supporting our small pod. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. This is your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We, of course, are your hosts. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we are talking about Pendarvis Historical Site um, and and basically how it became what it is. And uh, we'll give you a little bit of the history on that. A little 10,000-foot view. Uh, this isn't going to be the tour of Pendarvis. So this is going to be... Uh, your drunk uncle recalling what happened on the tour. <laughs> so uh, just go with that uh, and understand that that is where we are at uh, and try to have some fun. Uh, we have great Wisconsin music today, also from The Missing, uh, kind of an older band that is no longer, and uh, you won't really find a whole lot online, I guess, about it. So uh, this one is near and dear, and we you know, we just thought, throw this one in the mix. It's a cool song. Great stuff. So, um, and then, hey... Another beer review, uh, how many locos. We've got everything for you in this jam-packed thing. And, uh, hey, if you haven't already, please make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, share, and uh, do all the things and the stuff. Uh, if you are uh, really loving the show, if you're really digging it and you really want to uh, wear uh, our logo or, or buy some merch or uh, maybe you're so inclined and you'd like to support us on Patreon like we mentioned at the top of the show, you could find all of those things at wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, and, uh, hey, if you need any help, just reach out to us. There's also a contact page on there if you have any suggestions uh, as far yeah, as for sure. music or uh, articles or, you know, maybe topics or something. And we do get a lot of that stuff, which is we awesome. Do. It's great. I love the response. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been really great so far. And, hey, the website is uh, really your number one shop, uh, stop shop for all this stuff. So, uh, let us know uh, if you got anything for us, and we'll be glad to reach back out to you. You can also hit us up on all of our socials as well, oh, Facebook yeah, for sure. and Instagram. We so. answer pretty much every message that comes through, so send yeah, us some. As long as you're not a uh, robot, you know. So. Yeah, we get enough of those. Yeah. Uh, hey, just wanted to uh, take a moment and uh, and thank all of you again for this uh, amazing journey so far. Uh, this is episode 90. Uh, never crazy. really thought, you know, a couple of years ago when we started kind of putting this thing together that it would even last as long as it has now. I love how small and indie it is, too. We have, yeah. like, some really diehard fans, which is just super cool. Like, it's just such it's just a huge gratification for me, man. My head's growing yeah. big in the studio. You, Eric, you can... Yeah, you we've had to, to we've had to make the the door frame larger for Russ. <laughs> um, yeah, so really, uh, really, uh, just wanted to say thanks again. You know, episode ninety, uh, we're approaching that hundred. So uh, uh, stay tuned. We got some pretty cool stuff planned for that. Oh yeah. Um, 
Let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, Pendarvis, tell us what the fuck it is. Yeah, so before we begin, uh, we talked about how we became the Badger State in a previous episode, not by a creature, but actually from the holes that were dug by early miners in the southwest area of our state, and the holes and divots left behind while they were digging for lead. Well, we're going to be going into this a little bit more in depth regarding Pendarvis historical site and the early settlers in the area. The area we are talking today mostly focuses on the southwestern portion of our state, including Platteville and Mineral Point, but also the northwestern portion of uh, Illinois, like Galena. Wisconsin, where uh, mining boomtowns were starting to pop up around the 1830s and 1840s. These boomtowns made a population of Mineral Point to over 4,000 in its early days. Many of these persons were of Cornish descent. And for those that don't know um, where this is actually located, it's in the southwestern tip of Great Britain in the Cornwall area. Whoa. Yeah, and they speak Cornish. Just in that one tip, though. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've all heard, <laughs> I'm sure you've all heard of a Cornish hen, or maybe Cornish pastries, um, or maybe for our odd listeners, the Cornwall owl, owl man, which is like a fucking weird cryptid thing that haunted the area for a long time. And and you're saying that's in England? Yes. The owl man. The Cornwall owl man. Cornwall owl man. Yep. That's a long name for something. And he was a legend who scared people near. But but enough of that. Uh, yeah. What made this these people want to come here for the opportunity of the booming lead mining? Many of these early settlers were familiar with mining, as many of them had been miners in the old country. And I wanted to just do a little side note here. So I was actually doing some digging, and uh, I found about Tommy Knockers, and not the Stephen King shitty adaption. Did adaptation. You, you know what? Like what? Like, I, I I don't think I've ever heard of this. Yeah. So. The, the the book has nothing to do with the Tommy what the Tommy knockers originally were. Okay. And just a little side note, dude. Stephen King, like great writer. What's up with the fucking film adaptions? Yeah, he um It's crazy, like B list shitbag movies. Yeah, and and none of them none of them really ever turn out worth a shit. I mean the newest uh it uh, was was that really was pretty cool. good. That and th- part one and two was great. I mean, The Shining too is a classic. Well, of course, the, the Shining, Stanley, yeah, Kubrick Stanley Kubrick Shining, though, yeah, that was um, a, that was a good one. But like, it's, it's like all the other ones, man. They just like freaking terrible. Not great. Dude. They're not good. Yeah, Christine or whatever. Yeah, and the and I mean the books are phenomenal, right? They're written so well. It's like they keep you hooked. But like when it comes to the movie adaptions, Jesus, yeah, that's some low budget shit, bud. <laughs> Listen to your pal. Listen to your pal. Get some funding on those. Stephen King, put your shit. Together, all right, bud. But a, a Tommy Knocker actually came from Cornwall. It was actually a small legend of in lore from the area, <clears throat> and what they were is gnomes that would knock inside the mine, like either, and they could be good or bad. So they could actually lead you to like where lead is located or whatever resource you're mining. But they could also indicate a tunnel collapse, and they were like these little gnomes. They they believed. But obviously, with science, we know that's not true. It's what it is is actually the cave caving in on itself. So it's uh, if you hear, <laughs> if you truly hear Tommy Knocker, get the hell out of it. Like just run, dude. Well, you know, just say say your final uh, piece. You know, exactly. And the Cornish were very resourceful and used much of the local resources to construct their homes, including the local wood and whatever abundance of bed of like the limestone. For example, we have a huge limestone bed in southern Wisconsin, massive. I mean, yep. if you dig in your yard, you're probably going to hit limestone underneath. One, yeah, oh, definitely. You go about a foot down, and there's limestone. <clears throat> well, like all booms, they eventually go bust, and especially at the news of gold in California, specifically the Sutter's Mill in 1848. So a majority did leave, but some remained behind due to the abundance of zinc in the area. But like all things, resources dried up, so the mines and the homes were abandoned and left behind so miners could follow the work and the money. And due to new developments coming to the area in the 1920s and 30s, many of the old cabins that were built by the Cornish settlers were starting to be torn down and deconstructed. 
And many people didn't see anything wrong with getting rid of like things as new things needed to make way. But it was local residents Robert Neal and Edgar Helam who began to realize the historical significance of these buildings and restoring them to former glory to preserve some of the history in the area. And to keep the, with the Cornish, Cornish language and tradition, they named many of their cabins after Cornish words. And the first restoration was a one-story stone cabin that they named Pendarvis, a word from an ancient Cornwall village called Pendarvi. Mm. Yeah. And to obtain capital for the project, they decided to use the building as a restaurant serving authentic Cornish dishes. The restaurant would receive worldwide acclaim and would help to continue to restore many of these homes in the Mineral Point area. And they would continue, and the historical site would include six cabins built during the 1840s and 1850s. It would be in 1970 that the site would trans be transferred to the Wisconsin, Wisconsin Historical Society, where one year later these historical homes would be open to the public to view. In addition to the cottages and cabins, the Historical Society would obtain several acres, including the Merry Christmas Min Mine, Mine Hill Historic Zinc Mine site. Many of the old badger mines and holes have been covered back up by earth, and these times as prairies just grew over them. But the site today is actually open to the public and includes foot trails, a museum, cottages, a mine, and maybe a place to go and uh, learn a thing, a thing or two about uh, Wisconsin's early history. And it's actually a really cool place in, in uh, Mineral Point there. Yeah. I haven't actually visited. Um, I've been uh, over in Mineral Point, you know, a handful of times, but never uh, didn't know anything about this uh, Pendarvis. Or... Yeah, really cool area. And the uh, Wisconsin Historical Site does run it currently. If you go out in that area, it's, there's actually some pretty cool landforms, too. A lot of, like, limestone where they built the rock through the limestone. Yeah. Especially when you're heading out to, like, Dubuque and stuff, like Dickeyville and stuff like that. You're going to see some pretty cool formations. Got Little Norway, you know, if you're in that course, area, definitely yeah. stop out at Little Norway. And yeah. actually, I don't know if it's open anymore. I heard something that they closed Little Norway down. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard much more about it, but I did see that. But as someone like with Norwegian descent, it's a really cool place to visit. Absolutely. They have like an old uh, church, like an old Norwegian church. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a really cool and, piece of history in Wisconsin. And I mean, just checking out, you know, the the restored buildings, you know, somebody who uh, had, had as much... Uh, uh, love and passion for these things that could actually put together a project to uh, restore and, and give new life and purpose to, you know, these amazing old buildings that show uh, a lot of our history. You know, again, uh, even just with the bricks that were manufactured here by the uh, minerals and, and the different metals that were in our own ground, our soil, you know, and it's just kind of neat to see uh, uh, all of this stuff and, and, so thankful for the historical society for uh, doing that, and then obviously for these two gentlemen for uh, h helping to do their part as well. Yeah, and that's going to conclude the main segment today. Now on to our music segment. All right, so our music segment today is kind of near and dear to uh, Russ and I both, uh, more so Russ. But uh, the the band is the Missing, and uh, you probably won't find a whole lot about it out there because um, it, it was kind of short lived. And this is one of many projects that. Uh, uh, Monty kind of had in 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 his uh, arsenal there. Yeah, so my brother Monty uh, ended up passing away a few years ago, and uh, this track was always one that I thought should be out to the masses, just so everyone can hear it. It's a great song, alternative, catchy, like hooks. Yeah. And uh, we featured M five four five on a previous episode, and yeah. uh, Juan Avalos is a guitarist in this one as well. Yeah, it's just a great song. I mean, and. It, <clears throat> 
it's I don't know. It just like it rings to me, you know. And it has a lot of really catchy parts, like you said. So, and then the drummer must have had a freaking workout. I oh mean, yeah, it's it's fast, sweaty, and and not good. But it has but, like just a lot of influence on it too, you know, yeah. like Descendants and stuff like that. Alternative yeah. at that time, which is just great. Exactly. So, so again, this is a missing smokescreen. Dude, freaking awesome. awesome. Again, that was The Missing. And uh, Monty, man, RIP. I love you, brother. I can't wait to play some music with you in heaven, man. And uh, we'll record some good stuff up there, dude. Yeah. All right. Beer review. 
Uh, again, this is kind of following suit in the uh, Milwaukee Loves series that we had recently uh, started. Uh, this one is uh, another fantastic organization uh, and, and also brewed by a great brewery as well. Yeah, so this one is a, a, a the Milwaukee Loves the AAPI community or the Asian American Pacific Islander community. And uh, this one is a pale ale brewed with Thai basil and lime coming and in at 4.8% alcohol by volume. And you're getting all of those, that fresh herby, herbaceous kind of thing. And then the that lime is also there to kind of give it that uh, quick hit of citrus. It's not, uh, it's not very citrusy, but it's there enough. Yeah, instead of the hop, you're really getting that Thai basil coming through. Yeah. And uh, just a great beer. And this one was actually done by Gathering Place Brewing Company and Elevation were the two that focused on this one. Yeah. And really cool collaboration uh, uh, and, and really, really awesome beer, too. I, I thought um, it, it definitely has a lot of different pairings that could go with it. This one definitely is not a fish fry uh, and, yeah, and right. a cheese. This it's, one is definitely a higher a higher quality grade of food. It's not a cheese curd. Let's just no. throw it out there. But this one would pair very well with um, some kind of Asian plate, actually, like Penang, yeah. like yep. a Thai, Thai Penang yep. or Pad you know, Thai and... and uh, spring rolls and, and really fresh like edamame like this this beer is is definitely worthy of of pairing with uh some some really really good quality food yeah and i mean you're getting a hint of the lime coming through and instead of like that hop that thai basil is just coming through really potent mm-hmm. and it's just very refreshing and good beer i mean 4.8 percent. i could drink this this one this bad larry for a while yeah and it's not that bitter it's not that bitter either so it's really it really is a good beer it's very drinkable and it's just awesome you know obviously the asian american pacific islander community it's really cool that milwaukee collaborates with all these communities because like we've talked about like milwaukee's very diverse very melting pot yeah i mean you got like sikhs you got muslim community you got african-american the german population the italians irish i mean it's just a melting pot of many different immigrations in this area and we're so proud to call milwaukee home at the studio here and uh yeah i hope you guys can find this one again this is the milwaukee love series the pale ale brewed with thai basil and lime grab a seat gather around join us for a chat how many logos you have nice Oh, Eric, why'd you put that on the sound pads? Oh, my goodness. But, hey, folks, uh, we're here again with the uh, segment called uh, How Many Locos You At There, Guy. And, uh, Eric, you got a good one today, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one is uh, a woman uh, suspected of OWI is actually arrested twice. Uh, So we'll get into that right now. Uh, Don't. Don't wait any longer. This one is absolutely uh, it's it's a banger here. So two people are facing charges after uh, Washington County Sheriff's deputy stopped both of their vehicles. Uh, this was early Friday morning. This was just back uh, on New Year's Eve. And uh, both of them weren't drinking, uh, but we'll get into uh, uh, how the other individual is uh, involved here. Uh, this was around 3.15 in the morning on Friday. A deputy on patrol spotted two vehicles on 41 near the state highway 33. Um, one of the vehicles was swerving and the other one was following really, really closely behind. And Something uh, suspicious going on. Very 315 at 3.15 a.m. Holy smokes. That That's all it is very, is cops on the road at that point. Cops got a very keen eye. Hawkeyes for the DUIs. You can't get past this motherfucker. No way. So this is Magnum PI, Wisconsin here. <laughs> Huge PI. <laughs> Huge PI. <laughs> <laughs> so the swerving vehicle was actually driving uh, mostly on the shoulder, uh, not even on the road, and not maintaining any sort of consistent speed. So this thing is just fast, slow, fast, slow. Um, 
No, and the second vehicle was following uh, only about a car length behind. So uh, very, very close. And uh, so the two, like you said, very suspicious. Uh, you definitely got to pull them over. Uh, the deputy pulled alongside both of the vehicles, pulled up on the left-hand side of both of them, and was trying to get in behind the lead vehicle. Had his lights on, flashed his sirens and everything. And the, uh, the, the back car wouldn't allow, wouldn't make room, wouldn't allow a fucking cop to get in. And uh, uh, both vehicles um, would, wouldn't allow anything to happen with this cop. So eventually uh, he had to go behind the, uh, the pair of vehicles and, and pull them both over. Um, the, the following driver, uh, the one in the back there, was identified as a 36-year-old male. Um, and the, that driver said uh, he knew the person in the lead car and that person had been arrested for drunk driving earlier that day. Oof. And, um, and and he basically took the driver to her vehicle so that she could drive home after he bails her out of jail. The man said uh, he was following because he was worried she would crash and also acknowledged uh, intentionally blocking the deputy Jesus. from being able to uh, uh, pull them over. So just not smart on that 36-year-old male no, part. No, not at all. Um, don't go bail somebody out who's drinking and then and allow them to drive. Uh, don't you know in, in, impede a, 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 an officer's uh, ability to pull somebody over and arrest them. Ma- Magnum DUI was out looking. Yeah, dude, <laughs> he was on the fucking case. He's on the prowl, baby. So this driver uh, of the lead vehicle was a 20-year-old woman. Uh, so underage, uh, she failed field Jeez. sobriety tests uh, even for this second uh, encounter, and um, is now facing obviously two. Uh, uh, offenses of driving while intoxicated, uh, as well as uh, um, uh, a few different charges as well. Uh, uh, and the other guy, I'm sure, has got a handful. Oh, yeah. on eating his and betting, whatever you yeah. know. And oof. not smart. Uh, but so the with the limited information that we have, this this individual, uh, we're not going to look at the 36 year old male. He wasn't drinking, uh, so we're going to focus our attention on the 20 year old woman. Uh, she. Uh, Failed field sobriety tests even after being in jail and booked and processed. Uh, so you know she had to have been pretty she wrecked. She partied hard. She, she had to be pretty wrecked oh, yeah. throughout that day. So um, we don't have uh, a, a number um, uh, of anything, but we know she's 20, and we know she's stupid enough to uh, drive drunk uh, twice in one day. So we're, we're going for peak drunkness here? Yeah. Like we're going for peak? Okay, yep. sounds good. Yeah, so I uh, I have a figure. Uh, Me whenever, too. Whenever we're ready, we can uh, go on three. Three, two, one, twenty. Twenty-four. Okay, close. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. That sounds pretty good. We'll meet in the middle there. Twenty-two. Yeah, locs. yeah. I, I feel like a twenty-two loco uh, would definitely allow for all the stupidity that uh, we saw in this article. At t- twenty years old, you're still pretty dumb. I mean, I ran from the cops at twenty-two yeah. at house parties and stuff. So you're still pretty dumb. Your mind isn't fully developed yet. Doing yeah. some dumb early, shit. Early twenties, late teens, that kind of stuff is it's bound to happen. But you also have to be. Uh, a little smarter because you know you're you're already now halfway to being felony charges for drinking and driving. Oh, you're yeah. only twenty, exactly. So and you know you what? got no more opportunities to fuck up. And you know if you get if you're getting some brewskis and you're underage, just call an Uber or something, right. or call your parents. Yeah, you're gonna get in some trouble. But it's New Year's Eve. Though. I think most parents would understand. You got I, a few drinks in your system. You I know? think so. So yeah, let's go twenty d uh, a twenty loco on this one, yeah. Eric. You want to sell the gavel? All right, we're today we're here today with Carissa from Infinity Beverage Winery and Beverages in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Carissa, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Infinity Beverages? 
Yeah, um, we're a winery and distillery located in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We opened up in 2010, and we're open year-round, which is pretty unique for a winery. So we have various wines. Um, our winemaker likes to do a lot of experimental products. Nice. So, like, yeah, so he does a lot of, like, mixing wines. It's like we have a Pinot Noir and Syrah wine mix. Nice. Um, which is kind of fun to do. And then he also does the spirits, so he distills vodka and whiskey. And then he also does experimental series for that. So we have a spiced whiskey out right now, which is experimental. And they're working on a brandy, which will be really exciting. And then also a rum that they're aging in molasses barrels. So that'll be fun, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that'll give it a nice little uh, different flavor kind of to it. And then uh, brandy, I mean. What's more Wisconsin what's more than Wisconsin brandy? Than brandy? I mean, you yeah, gotta right. have that. And so, yeah. So yeah, we we're gonna ask too. Um, I know with COVID things have been weird. Uh, but are you guys pretty much open again for uh, tours and coming to visit you? Yeah. Yep. Um, we don't really like kind of have a policy. Whatever the customers are comfortable with, we respect. Um, so we are open for tours. Our tasting lounge is open for tastings or cocktails. We have really good cocktails. Um, and then year round. So Mondays were closed, but Tuesday through Sunday we're open. Awesome. You better believe we'll be there and uh, we can talk some history with you there and have oh, yeah. share a drink or two. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And then we wanted to ask too, so is there any events coming up that our listeners should know about? Um, <clears throat> we are having, so we do club releases. So we have our Infinity Club and we do quarterly releases. So we have that event coming up on February 4th, 5th and 6th nice. actually. Yeah, so that's coming up really soon. And then we have a new product release. It's called Frosted Panache, and that's coming up February 8th. So it's we have a wine called Panache, and so a sweet red wine. And our winemaker, like, enhanced that with frosting flavors. So it's literally Whoa. like taking a spoonful of frosting from a can but drinking it. So for anyone with a sweet tooth, it is, like, the best wine. I can drink a couple of glasses of it. <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> that sounds super good, especially for, like, a dessert wine and uh, keeping you a little warm in the winter here. So Oh, absolutely. Yes. And and who doesn't deserve a treat, you know, every once in a while? Yep, exactly. All right, so before we let you go, we got to ask you a few questions in our little segment we called uh, How Wisconsin Are You? And uh, we'll see how you fare here. Oh, I hope I crush it. I are, I'm sure. I think you'll crush it. <laughs> you got this. And are you from Wisconsin? I am born okay. and raised in Wisconsin. Okay, so you probably have done all these things. You're you're gonna fly through this one. Yeah. All right. So have you ever tailgated at a Packers, Brewers, or a Badgers game? I haven't. <laughs> Any of I've them? I've actually never been to a seasonal like Packer Brewers or Badgers game. Holy I did smokes. go to the preseasonal Packers game. But okay. That's about yeah. It. Well, you know what? We're going to come pick you up, and we're going to go tailgate our Brewers game and have a couple brewskis. Yeah. Yeah, that is okay. the dream, right? Yeah, that sounds good. I'm excited for you that you get to experience that for the first time <laughs> yeah. uh, at an age where you can drink. Because, I mean, my first Brewers you know, game and, and tailgating and stuff was you know, just you know, innocent. It was hot dogs and brats, you know. But uh, I'm excited for you to experience that. Yeah, me too. So I got a question as a Wisconsinite. What do you consider to be up north Wisconsin? Um, I would say something like when you get to River Falls and up above that. Oh, sure. yeah, that is up north. That's that for is, sure. Yeah. That's, that's the true north right there. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> heck, yeah. And so the next one we got, have you ever been to Summerfest? And uh, do you have a memorable or favorite band you saw there? 
Oh, <laughs> I did go to Summerfest. I've been a few times. Um, we don't judge. I saw Justin Bieber when I was in middle school, and we're that was not, very we're, exciting. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to judge you on that one. Hey, I'll tell you what. I had I had a little case of the Bieber fever one time, and it was good <laughs> are stuff. You, are, are, Eric, are you a believer? I'm a believer, man. All right. Well, I'm not judging you here. No one judges at this podcast. So Yeah. Him and Benny Blanco have been coming out with some cool stuff recently, though. I, I will admit that, too. You've been jamming it? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> what is going on on this podcast today? Holy smokes. <laughs> um, so the next one I want to ask you, um, for Bloody Marys, do you guys have a vodka you recommend using to, tr- to make a Bloody Mary? Yeah. Um, we have a chili pepper vodka that goes great in a Bloody Mary. Um, it's our regular vodka, which we make from apples and sugar beets, which is Yum. super unique to vodka. It gives it more of like a sweet flavor rather than the starchy potato flavoring. Sure. Um, and then they do a natural infusion with chili peppers, and it is like the perfect kick to your vodka. Uh, it's your Bloody Mary. It sounds like uh, heaven for sure. I love spicy Bloody Marys. Yeah, we and we honest. generally, you know, we've said we've said it before on the show, but. Uh, uh, Jay loves Jimmy loves uh, uh, the mix that yeah, whatever is hot. the hot, the hot one was. Holy cow! This sounds like the the, if you the mix chili that peppers. There, yeah, this I could be know. a good mix. This is a bowl. We'll try. We'll do the research. We're gonna we're gonna partner with the UW Madison, and we're gonna make sure <laughs> yeah. to get scientists involved and and uh, and let make everybody sure you know got the spiciest Bloody Mary. Yeah. So, um, <sighs> so the next one we got for you, um, for an old fashioned, is there a brandy you recommend to try? Hmm. Um, I don't have a brandy I'd recommend to try. I know I've had a lot of old fashions with bullet. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Bourbon, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And not a specific brandy. Okay. Yeah, and, and bourbon, you know, uh, old fashions are are uh I, I mean, they're good. I and I think people are kind of split too. If if they really enjoy the bourbon one, then they probably don't really enjoy the the brandy one as much, but uh um of course, Corbell is a great. Well, that's uh, like the staple. Christian Brothers, Christian you Brothers know, and it's, like, it's like the staple. I don't even know any other ones. So, so the next one we got for you, um, coming from the Eau Claire area, is there a supper club that you recommend our listeners go and check out? Mm, um, my favorite place to check out is like it's in Lake Halley, but just right outside of Eau Claire. It's called Heartbreakers. Not quite a supper club, but a okay. really good like dive bar and grill. Literally everything be. on their menu is delicious. You can't beat a dive bar. I mean, I go to those all the time. To be they always yeah. have the best food too. For some reason, like, I just you don't wouldn't fit expect in. it. I don't, I don't yeah. fit. I don't fit in with the classy places, so I'm always at a no, dive bar. Uh-uh. I mean, you can look. Take There's one always look. at least <laughs> one stain on my nice shirt. So yeah. <laughs> I fit in pretty good at the dive bar. Yeah, so. yeah. And so yeah, we, yeah so, definitely a good place. And so we got one more for you before we let you go. Um, obviously, Infinity Beverages will be there soon, and uh, we hope we can share a drink with you and maybe talk some more. Um, but is there another place in the area, whether it's a brewery, winery, or a distillery, that our listeners should go and check out? Mm. Um, I really like Zymergy Brewing up in oh, yeah. Menominee. Yeah, we actually talked to them not too long ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, they do a lot of fun, like, experimental small batch beers. Their um, Imperial Stouts are super good. If you like dark beers, I yeah, I know Eric. Yeah. You're kind of a hit or miss on them, but yeah. I I like darker beers, especially this time of year. I'll Holy try smokes. them, I, but you know, yep. 
You got to get the thicker beers this time of year. Just keep you warm. So you got that <laughs> right. right. But Carissa, thank you so much for your time today. And we cannot wait to make it up to infinity beverages and talk some more and uh, try some of the uh, samplings there. Absolutely. Can't wait for that uh, chili pepper vodka. I'm going to drink oh, the hell out so, of that. Sounds delicious. Yeah. We would love to host you guys. We'll hook you up with some tastings. Cool. Sounds Very good, cool. Carissa. You have a great Sunday. Thank you. You guys too. All right. All right bye. 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 All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.